0: Welcome to the Real Happy Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ann, the blogger and content creator at Real Happy Mom, where moms can find encouragement and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. I also have this podcast to introduce you to other moms from various walks of life. And today on episode number 33, I'll be talking to Lynn about a parenting framework that is absolutely going to change the way you do parenting. So let's jump into this episode of the Real Happy Mom Podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Lynn. I'm excited to have you today.
1: Thank you. I am super excited to be here for real.
0: Yes, it is going to be a good one. I really am happy to have you on because you're going to be sharing some parenting advice with us. Um, That is one thing that I really wanted to dive into here on the podcast. But before we jump into that, I just wanted you to tell us a little bit about you and your business.
1: Sure. So um I actually have kind of a I think it's a cool story about how I got here. (laughs) It's different for sure. But before I was a mom, I was a marine mammal trainer. Okay. And um that I did that for almost twelve years. That was basically like out of college. That was my whole life. And so as a marine mammal trainer, I had to learn when working with animals in order to be safe to read nonverbal cues, to keep myself really calm. To be mindful of my environment and potential triggers you know just really like aware and present of, in what was going on while I was interacting with them and I also had to learn to build really solid positive relationships with them because you can't force an animal to do something they mm-hmm. have to want to work with you and want to engage and cooperate and so Fast forward, you know, to my my motherhood journey, I left that career when I became a mom. And as I started parenting my child, as she started getting older, I realized I was training her. <laughs> I was parenting her in the same way that I would work with the animals. My brain is just hardwired for that. And so there's just been this kind of organic carryover from my previous to career Into parent coaching, which is what I do in my business. It really does kind of bring together the stuff that I teach and mentor on. It brings together operant conditioning, which is how we all learn and and what I used with the animals, but it also has pieces of connected parenting and positive parenting and attachment parenting. And it kind of brings all of this together into a really easy step by step. Like anybody can parent like this and have a calm, happy, joyful family dynamic. And so it's really exciting that I get to carry in kind of my old life into my new new career, my new life as a mom.
0: That is awesome. I love how you're able to carry it over, too. I'm still trying to work on mine, so I don't know if I told you, but... I studied environmental science before I became a dentist, and my goal was to become an advisor to the president, and then I realized I don't like politics, so I had to change that.
1: <laughs> and so, uh-huh. I'm,
0: doing, I'm trying to figure out how to connect the two, so I love that you were able to like, have it carry over. Into- I
1: love that. I'll brainstorm about how to connect those <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: so Lynn, I wanted to get you on and talk to you a little bit more about this parenting that you started to talk about a little bit, just because I see how it's so beneficial, not just for the kids, but for us as parents too. So I just wanted you to walk us through your present parenting framework and why we should utilize it with our kids.
1: Yeah. So the framework is just something that I created that again, kind of pairs everything down into bite-sized actionable things. So it's not so overwhelming, but basically the overall theme or mission of present parenting that I kind of made that term up because you have to name some, give it some kind of name. (laughs) Um, But it's really focusing on teaching rather than disciplining and responding rather than reacting. So everything that that's in the framework is kind of working towards those two goals. So that we can channel our emotions into connecting and building a positive relationship rather than having those emotional reactions and outbursts. So the framework itself is four steps and four agreements, right? And so the four agreements are just kind of these packs that we make with ourselves and with our children about our, our place of intention or where the, the emotion, the interaction is coming from. And the four agreements are empathy. So understanding why your child is behaving the way they are and kind of the reason behind the behavior because that's really what we want to address is that that foundational issue. Um, mindfulness is the second one. So being mindful and present um, in the situation of your child's emotional state, of your environment, of potential triggers, right? All of these things. You're kind of like thinking about that stuff while you're looking at the situation in front of you. The third agreement is respect. And this one is probably the most difficult for people to grasp because they think of their child respecting them. But this is mutual respect, right? And it's so important because it's not that your child then gets to rule the roost, but it's respect in the essence that their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions are equally as important as what we as the parent are feeling or thinking. And then the last, the fourth one is patience, which I mean, we all need a little more of that, right? (laughs) So just kind of pledging to be patient with yourself, patient with your child and patient with the process because they're learning. And so we just need a little bit of that. So those are the four agreements. They kind of create that foundation of, again, your intention. The four steps themselves, these are the actual action steps that we take, are in order to calm, then connect, and then depending on where we are, either model or teach. So we are always going to calm, so calm ourselves, help our child calm down. Connect with the situation, the environment, what's going on, connect with our child, and then. If it's just the general moment in the day where we're going through our day and say we're noticing a pattern that our child's having trouble when they get frustrated, handling that frustration, then in a moment in our day where we're feeling frustrated, we can use that as a modeling opportunity and say, you know what, I'm feeling really frustrated right now. This is what I do when I get frustrated and kind of model appropriate techniques for them. And then the teach comes in as the third step in the moments where their behavior is an issue and we need to teach them a better way for next time. So those are the action steps. So there's there's only three steps, calm, connect, and then either model or teach based on kind of where we are in our, in our day there.
0: Okay. Nice. Nice. I can definitely see how this could be beneficial, especially for my little one. Cause I told you I have a three and a six year old right now. And, of course, we're still dealing with tantrums with the three-year-old. It's just yeah. everyday occurrence, of course. But the six-year-old, he's getting really better, but he has these triggers where he gets frustrated. So I'm definitely going to see if I can do this more often because I think it could definitely help me out a lot.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think we as parents forget that our kids are always watching. Like, they're always watching. And we know this because my daughter does this to me all the time. She'll come out with a new phrase. And I'm like, where did you hear that? And then I realized she heard it from me because I'm just like subconsciously saying it 20 times a day. Uh, Um, So really incorporating modeling into our day and again, being present enough in in those moments to say, hey, this is a modeling opportunity that prevents so much (laughs) frustration on our part. (laughs) It like is a proactive way to prevent the meltdowns and the tantrums and the, it makes it so much easier. And I think that's a big piece that a lot of, a lot of parents just are missing because they're so focused on, on other stuff, which I mean, we all have a million things going on, but yeah, taking that moment to recognize, Ooh, this is a good modeling opportunity can make a huge difference.
0: Absolutely. Now, Lynn, you gave us these uh, four agreements and then the three or four steps, depending on how you look at it. And I wanted to go through some examples on how we can apply this present parenting framework in some real life examples. So yeah, let's do it. <laughs> righty. So the first one I told you about my six year old, he has some very artistic capabilities and he likes to draw on the walls in the house. He's gotten better, but How would you utilize these steps if you come home and there is a mural on the wall?
1: So this actually happened to me. I think I talked to you about this. This was like, my daughter is an artist in the making and like if she can draw on it, like it's got ink or paint or some marker, some like art houses we've had to paint, repaint the walls. Yes. Um, So we, uh, with each scenario, we're just going to follow our three steps here. Right. And, what I love or what I'm excited about the way that that I kind of formulated this framework is that these are the steps but the way you apply them is unique to your situation and your family so it's not it's a one-size-fits-all in the foundational actions but it's not like giving you scripts it's like people saying to me all the time can you give me a script and I say no I don't know your kid I don't know your Mm. family like We can work on that together, but I can't just give it to you. It's not universal. Um, So as we're going through this, um, I I will kind of tell you how I would do it with my daughter. But just understand that your verbiage, your context, the emotion behind it, your facial expressions, like those are all really unique to you and your family. So you would adjust it to that. So back to the drawing. (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, we're going to channel our four agreements, right? Yes. We're going to channel our patience, our respect, our empathy, our mindfulness, and we're going to calm down. So you walk in the house and you see a mural and your first instinct is like WTF. Like (laughs) I got to figure out how to get Sharpie off the wall now. And in addition to the other million things. Yes. So we are going to calm ourselves. Um, and whether that's, oh, for me, taking breaths, like it, just taking two or three deep breaths in, in that moment, it takes five seconds and it changes everything. Mm-hmm. But that could be like, maybe you have to walk back outside and recompose yourself and walk back in. Like, it's whatever works best for you. But we've got to calm because when we, all of us humans, when we get frustrated or angry or have that, like, instantaneous, like, oh, my gosh, reaction, Our sympathetic nervous system takes over and we go into fight or flight. We get super heightened. Our emotions are like running really high and we react, Mm -hmm. right? And the whole point of this is to not react, but to respond. So calming down shuts that off. And now we are having a clear head to think and take in information and respond intentionally not have those quick reactions. So you're going to calm yourself down. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to go find your child and you're going to connect with them. And you're going to say to them something like, I noticed not why did you do this? I noticed there was a drawing, a beautiful drawing on the wall. Can you tell me more about that? (laughs) (laughs) And let them explain to you, like, if you leave it open-ended like that, you're going to get a lot of information. You're going to get the emotion behind it. So they're either going to be really proud like, yes, I did that for you, mommy. Or they're going to be like mm, embarrassed or they knew that it was wrong. So you're going to get the emotion behind it. You're going to get the reason. Mm-hmm. And that will tell you how to move forward. So in my scenario with my daughter, and I'd love to hear about kind of what, what worked out with your son. But in our scenario, she's an artist. She loves drawing. And she literally said to me, mommy, I know you love my drawings. And I wanted it on the wall so you could see it every day and so like come on (laughs) like that's not a you're getting punished move right that's like that is the sweetest intent behind that behavior and we want to recognize that we want to encourage that so so you ask them you know i noticed this beautiful drawing tell me about it (laughs) and then after they share your response now we teach right now step three comes in we teach So we say something like, I love when you draw for me. but Drawing on the walls is not okay. And if if it's an older child, you can list reasons, right? Like your six-year-old, you can be like, dude, that doesn't come off the wall ever. Mm -hmm. So if you want to repaint the wall every time, then go for it, right? But we're going to say drawing on the walls is not okay. What you can do, though, is draw on paper or cardboard or, you know, give them some things they can do and then problem solve together. So in the future, if you want to draw, what if we set up a station where you have paper? And when we have scrap paper, it's always in that one spot. So if you want to draw, you go to your spot and you get your paper and you draw whenever you can. So you proactively give them the ability to make a better choice next time. And that's the teaching part. So we're not punishing, we're not disciplining, we're saying, hey, this wasn't the best choice, let's help and set things up in the future for you to be able to make a better choice next time.
0: Nice, yes, I can definitely do that. Well, it didn't really go that way the first time he wrote on the wall. It was more, what is this? What are you doing? Yep. Um, And then once we calmed down um, later, he just told us he just likes to color and I was just like, okay, we color on paper. So now he understands that and it's still been two years but yeah I just noticed the other day a stick figure on the back of the the door and I was like really I thought we were over this (laughs) (laughs) of course blamed it on his brother and I'm like your brother doesn't draw that well I know that was you so I will definitely work on modeling and teaching I think that's the part that I didn't I skipped over
1: (laughs) yeah well this stuff it's it makes complete sense when you hear it Mm -hmm. But if your brain's not wired this way, it's not intuitive. And so I really stress that with the families that I work with that this stuff is like, duh, why am I not doing this? But I wouldn't have thought of it had I not had my training background, right? Mm -hmm. So like, this is just, I am hardwired to be calm and think. Like think before I act. I'm hardwired because that's how I kept myself safe. Parents don't normally think like that. So it's not that you're doing something wrong. It's just like, wow, there's this other way to do stuff. So now you have a choice.
0: Now let's use this framework again on this next scenario here. So I've noticed that my oldest will wait until I'm not looking to hit his brother for what I presume (laughs) is no reason, but apparently there is a reason. So I usually just pretend like I have eyes on the back of my head and say, I saw you, even though I didn't. I just know that he did it. So I just wondered how we could utilize your framework on that particular situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I will go through this framework again and then if you're up for it, maybe you can try on the last on the next scenario. Yeah. And we'll kind of work through it together.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Um,
1: so we're going to go through the exact same thing. So safety is we have to approach in a little different way. So if the hitting is happening, that it's like injuring, the sibling that is a, a little bit more of a serious uh, way to to go about interacting with the older child like we need to pull them aside and have a conversation, okay. but still with the intention of teaching right that you really hurt your brother or your sister, and we don't hurt each other in this family right like a, just a strong but now let's move forward and say okay in the future so depending on like the severity of the or the physicality of it, you might need to get a little more serious in your tone and in your body language, but we're going to go in with the exact same framework. So we're going to start with our agreements, right? Of Mm -hmm. the patience, the respect, the mindfulness and the empathy. And we're going to go in calm, right? So no, we're we're not going to go in guns blazing. (laughs) Like we're going to calm ourselves so we can respond intentionally. And then we're going to connect. We're going to go in and, and you can start off your conversation in the connection part with saying like I just saw that you hit your brother or I heard your brother get upset tell me what happened give them the opportunity if you say I just saw you hit your brother you can say we don't do that in this house like that that's not okay but I'd really like to know what what happened like tell me what happened before that that showed up so you might get answers like I wanted to play with the toy they had and they wouldn't give it to me or I wanted to play with them and they would not engage with me. Maybe for an old, like a child that's a little older, maybe they were bored and they were just like, I don't have anything else to do. I'm going to pick on my little brother. Or maybe they were jealous. Like maybe you just had some one-on-one time with the little one, brought them into the room and then walked away. Right. And so now the older ones like, hey, where's mine that you have to ask that open ended question to allow them to give you that information. And some kids, you have to tease it out a little bit more, but you don't want to just say you hit your brother. Why would you do that? Like that that is going to make them defensive. So it's a, you know, tell me a story type of <laughs> verbiage and, and emotion behind it. Once we have that. You need to address it in the moment, but if you know it's a pattern, I would highly recommend something like this before you address it. So if they're not injuring their little brother, try and observe like once or twice the interaction, the trigger, the situation that's happening. So if you're like, this is the moment that he always hits, I'm gonna sneak around and peek in the room, let him do it so I can observe what's happening. And that will give you a little more information as well. So you can throw that in too. But now we're going to to teach in this moment because they've hit. So depending, again, on the motivation behind it, if they wanted the toy, okay, well, why don't we share the toy and remind them sharing is hard for kids. Yes. Real. Sharing is hard for adults. Yes. I mean, let's be real, <laughs> right? So you can be like, you know what? your brother was playing with that toy let's set a timer and when the timer goes off it's your turn so you don't have to be concerned about you know that you're not going to get your turn we're going to make this fair so you can kind of set up scenarios and and actions that will help them not feel that like I need that toy or whatever um if it was boredom then again, we're going to brainstorm together as a team. What can we do so that if you feel bored in the future, you have other outlets. So maybe you think of like setting a a boredom shelf up with like really cool toys that only they get to use, right? So maybe it's more age appropriate toys for the older one. They can go pick out a toy and go into a different area of the room and use it. Or maybe we rotate their toys so maybe they only have four toys out at a time and every week we put new toys so that they're not bored with the 50 toys that are out all the time Mm -hmm. um so there's like lots of things you can brainstorm there if it's a jealousy thing then that's simple to fix not necessarily easy but it's just a matter of giving both the same so if if you had one-on-one time with one You've got to get five minutes even of one-on-one time with the other. And that will completely eliminate that feeling. So again, you got to really the connection piece drilling down to what the motivation behind the behavior is, is the most important part because that's your roadmap to how to move forward.
0: Absolutely. That was good. That was really good. And I can definitely see how it could be one of those different things that you mentioned. I haven't, I need to do the connection part, like you said, and, and really figure out the why, but definitely have a better understanding. So, I'll do it for next time.
1: Good. And um, just to add, mm-hmm. so some, some of the moms or the families, I work mostly with the moms, but I mean, this is for families. They get concerned that their child's too young, right? Oh, my child's too young. How am I supposed to do this? You can read into their body language so much, their facial expressions. If they're hunched over and not looking at you staring at the floor because they know they did something wrong, they're embarrassed, they're upset with themselves. So, like, even if they're not completely verbal yet, if they're a younger child, you can still, they understand you perfectly. Children around five to seven months old can understand and process everything you're saying to them cognitively. They just don't have the ability to respond. So as long as your kid's over five, seven months, you can use this approach. You just have to look at their body language and what their facial expressions are telling you and um, kind of use those cues as the motivation behind it.
0: Now let's go through this last uh, scenario here uh, with, again, my oldest. (laughs) So my six-year-old, he likes to lie about removing important papers off of my desk because I told you he likes to draw and he's very artistic. And so he takes things off of my desk and he doesn't understand that these are important papers, typically bills or other important documents that I do not want artwork on. So I wanted to walk through the framework on that particular scenario.
1: Yeah, perfect. So number one is calm. So when yes. you notice the thing, mis- we're going to calm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Number two, you just answered it for me. I did. The connect, Why? right? Why? Yes. Why are you taking the papers? So I had written down, because you sent these scenarios to me, right? So I tried to write down as many different possibilities. But one of the things I thought of was that they were hiding things. Like, so maybe it was like a report card or something about them that they didn't want you to see. So they were hiding it, disrupting your space. So if they're like, frustrated they don't feel like they're getting enough attention they're going to disrupt your space to get that attention right and then I had getting paper to draw on (laughs) was one of my reasons listed so you just did that all on your own you completely (laughs) connected with the reason behind so now we're going to teach okay so you don't even have to wait necessarily for the next time to do it you Mm -hmm. can just say hey I know you love to draw. I know you had this problem in the past. I thought we could brainstorm together some ways that we could prevent you from taking important papers and still get to draw and do that together. But you can come armed with a couple of ideas so that if he's like, I don't I got nothing. You can be like, oh, well, what about X, Y or Z? So what what things could you do to problem solve there?
0: So I have my printer off to the side, so usually it's filled with paper, so I could tell him only take the paper from off of the printer, so that's one, or just give him a notebook, maybe, so he has his own book to draw in, so those are my two ideas, now yeah, that you that's brought it terrific.
1: up. Those are both brilliant. Great. <laughs> and do you see how they, without making him feel horrible, and without no. you having to punish or discipline, it's solving the problem, so you really, in theory, don't ever have to deal with it again. Yeah. Like (laughs) you've solved the foundational issue. So therefore there is no more reason for him to do this.
0: Yes. Awesome. That was easy. It's so much easier (laughs) when I have you to talk to about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can talk to me anytime you want. I'm available (laughs) on so many different platforms.
0: Um, Um,
1: we had a similar, our kids, I think are of one mind here because my daughter was doing that. So I have an office set up in our house. It's It's, just like a little room but that's where I do most of my work and she kept coming in and throwing her toys all over the place and like destroying my office basically <laughs> it became another playroom and she would take papers off my desk exactly what you're saying so I got her a little we got an end table that has a drawer in it so okay. it's like really small and that is her desk
0: oh. in my
1: office So any scrap paper that I have, like if it's printed on one side but not the other, Mm -hmm. I put in her drawer. And she has a little container on the top with all of her markers and her pen. So she knows that anything in that drawer, she can draw on. And underneath the drawer, there's a little shelf. So we have her coloring books and her just three ring or the spiral bound notebooks. Mm -hmm. So like if she wants to draw, she's got everything she needs right there in my office so she feels important that she's working in the office with me nice Um, so that that. was a yeah that was a really easy solution too and it has worked beautifully
0: that is really nice I think I might do that because I've noticed that my son's been picking up more on me recording podcasts and so he wants to record too (laughs) I might even give him my old microphone see you're awesome Lynn
1: yeah (laughs) Well, oh, thank you. But I was saying yeah to the problem solving. <laughs> yes. But thank you for
0: <laughs> I like it. Nice. So Lynn, I just want you to give us one practical tip because I know you've given us some great examples, but I just want one takeaway that our listeners can go off with today on how we can start doing better about present parenting present. that you that you talked to us about today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I was going to say that calming piece mm-hmm. was my best tip. But I feel like we've kind of covered that. So I wanted to give an extra one to not just repeat. So let's say you've tackled the drawing on the wall and now you just come across another stick figure, which it just happened to you.
0: Yes. <laughs> um
1: there's a and some of your your listeners, you may even know about this too, but there um, are two different types of statements that we can use when we're talking to people. Okay. There's more than two, but there's one group is called declarative, which is giving information, right? And the other group is directives. So those are like orders or requests or demands. And a lot of times what we do is give our children directives. So in other words, it would be, you know, do not draw on the wall. We've already talked about this. You're not supposed to do it. Do not draw on the wall again, right? That's a directive. It makes them feel badly. It makes you feel badly. (laughs) It makes you frustrated that you're having to address this problem again. Mm-hmm. and so if you switch that over to a declarative statement it changes everything so this would be a declarative approach be hey i noticed you drew that really cool stick figure on the door it's really awesome i love it but do you remember we talked about where to draw where's the best place to draw mm-hmm. and then get them say paper y- yeah Do you want to redraw on paper so we can all enjoy it awesome and then like go about your business So it's almost like a little reminder Mm -hmm. of what you've already taught them versus the like drill sergeant, go do this, pick up your toys, clean your, you know, clean your room. Nobody wants to listen to those because who wants to just do what they're told just because they're being told to do it. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't as an adult. But if you say like we have dogs in our house. So for my daughter, I'll say to her, dogs are coming in the house in five minutes, whatever you don't want them to eat, pick up and put away. So like, just a reminder, any toys you leave on the floor, fair game for the dogs. I have no control. Like, it's your choice. (laughs) And every time her entire playroom gets cleaned, (laughs) Nice. (laughs) From her choice, wanting to save her toys, not for me saying, clean up your toys. Mm -hmm. Right? So again, it just is a much better engagement and helps with those four foundational things. And it's so easy to do. It's just a matter of switching your language. So it's it's easy, it's quick, and it makes a really big impact. So that's my that's my number one tip.
0: Yes, I, I like that. And I could definitely see, I know I've done this before. It's funny how you mentioned different things. And I'm like, I do that. I just need to do it more consistently. Yeah. And I noticed when you said that, I was like, yep, because I know my son, he is at the point where now he finishes my sentences. So he knows exactly what I'm going to say. So if I just turn it around into a question versus a directive, I think it will definitely go a lot better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it gives them power, Mm -hmm. right? So most of our meltdowns, especially towards the end of the day for our kids, their power struggles because they have felt powerless going through their day because their decisions about their life get made for them. That's just Mm -hmm. the part of being a kid. So when you give them that information and they are choosing one way or the other, that gives them some power and it just can alleviate those power struggles that come later in the day. So if you do that throughout the day, they're not feeling so powerless.
0: Yes. Yes, definitely. I totally agree. Now, Lynn, one of my favorite questions to ask all of my guests is if you could have any superpower, what would it be?
1: Oh boy. So, Tony this was like the most difficult question to answer of all of these. <laughs> but I think I have a good one. I'm, okay. I'm hoping <laughs> my superpower would be to share thoughts, like mm-hmm. help people share their thoughts. Okay. Because in parenting, in friendship, in life, um, I am a big proponent of, of empathy. And trying to really, you know, the, the saying, um, you know, walk in a mile in someone else's shoes. I, mm-hmm. I know I messed that saying up, but I really try to see other perspectives and understand intention. And again, it's that training mindset, right? I'm looking at body language and facial expressions and, and all of these other things. So my superpower would have be the ability to help people share their thoughts. Because sometimes we don't get the words out the way yes. we want to. <laughs>
0: Yes, I agree.
1: (laughs) If we share thoughts, then we would also be sharing intention and emotion and understanding. And I think it would just make the whole world completely different. That's a good one. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Now, Lynn, you shared a lot of really great information with us. And I know some of the listeners are like, hey, I want to learn more about her. I want to learn more about what she does. So tell us where we can find you online.
1: Sure. So my website um, is happymamawellness.com and it mama is spelled M-A-M-A. And on that main site, you'll find links to pretty much anything you would need. There's freebies on there that you can sign up for. There's to my blog uh, site, which has all of my blog posts on there. There's a link to the Happy Mama Village, which is my online community. It's a paid membership group and we like really dive deep into this stuff. It's a really great supportive community. But that membership only opens twice a year. So the next enrollment period for that would be in August of 2019. But all the information is on the website. So, you know, all the information about what you get in the group and when enrollment's opening is, is all right there. So that's the best way to kind of feel out and find information is that happymamawellness.com.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this great information. I really appreciate you.
1: Yes, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Now that does it for this episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast. To find the links in the show notes, make sure you head over to realhappymom.com slash 33. There, you'll find the links that were mentioned, as well as a few more things that will help with your parenting journey. Now, make sure you tune into next week. I'll be talking to Jackie about how to help moms with getting out of this thing called burnout. She's going to help us with practical tips and advice. So you definitely want to tune in and do me a favor. If you found this episode helpful, leave a review and definitely subscribe and I'll catch you in the next one.